This episode is brought to you by Cold Storage Coins, the easiest way to own Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. G'day soldiers of the Altcoin Army, welcome to another episode of the Altcoin Buzz podcast with your hosts, Leisha, Jeremy, and James. G'day guys, it's good to hear you guys again. Jeremy, so how's the uh, first week doing podcasts with us been? It's been a busy week, for sure. Everything you ever wanted in a podcast? So far, enjoying it. I'm definitely enjoying it. I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with it, a little more used to it. Yeah, well, that's the uh, that's because we send lots of memes behind the scenes. <laughs> so you work out how crazy are you- we are. I'm sorry, are you Shakespeare? I don't know. I might be a poet without even knowing it. <laughs> you are a man of many knowledge. I'm a man of yeah. many knowledge. So, uh, with with that being said, let's get stuck into a woman of many knowledge, Leisha, who we're covering with the news today. We've got two articles by you, so we'll kick start with yeah. your article in about people knowing about crypto but are not buying into it. The ING report finds. Take it away. Indeed, I've monopolized uh, the articles. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Uh, so the Dutch bank ING, which is a pretty big bank, has published a cracking the code on cryptocurrency report, and it contains results of a survey which was carried out in Europe, in the US, and in Australia. So the results were quite funny. A total of 14,828 uh, respondents from 13 countries partook in it, and it turns out that people do own some cryptocurrency and they do know about cryptocurrency but they're still like hesitating to buy more of it and there are certain countries which are really lagging behind there is i called them the could not be bothered group and it includes luxembourg and belgium where solely five percent and four percent of residents respectively admit that they have some crypto in their wallets and it's funny because then they're followed by France, which has 6%. So I kind of immediately suspected that it has something to do with the French language. I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, le français, not so interested in all of that stuff. They you're going to start a war in Europe the way that you're going. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's like, you know, I've been to those countries a lot of times, and I know how they function, and they're more interested in the, like, hedonistic. Uh, in the, in the hedonistic um, aspect of life, which mm. uh, which entails wine consumption and cheese consumption, and uh, also it turned out that a European consumer is more likely to get some digital assets, with twenty five percent of of them willing to do that, and an American is not that willing actually. So only twenty one percent of respondents admitted that they will, uh, in some point of future own cryptocurrency and actually Australians were the most reluctant. Can you believe that James? I know I'm trying to uh, make up for everyone's lack of amb- uh, lack of ambition over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then surprisingly there are some countries like Turkey which are really into the matter so 30 uh, wait I'm sorry no it's 18% of um, Turks said that they do own cryptocurrency, which is, I guess, not that bad. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, 45% of them plan to own cryptocurrency, which is uh, which is good news, I guess, that more countries are getting on board and not like the typical Western world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also like, sure, there were certain gender divisions here noticeable, so... Only 55% of women said that they have heard about digital currencies compared to 77% of men. And likewise, 31% of men in Europe agree they expect to own cryptocurrency in the future and only 20% of women say the same. It's usually like that. Uh huh. It's always like that. Women are <laughs> kind of less, I don't know, less enthusiastic about getting into these kind of investments, which is, I guess, a shame. Mm. What do you think, guys? I definitely think we should have more women in crypto for sure. Yeah, Agreed. I also think so. I also think so. They don't know what they're missing. But I'm also like in my article, I pointed out a little bit that like you know I'm I don't really know exactly the methodology behind surveys, and, and for me, it's a big thing because a lot of times uh, data is being distorted, distorted, and. Uh, you know, there's uh, apparently not that many variables included 
in this uh, survey. So it's more like a pilot survey, I would say. Mm. Really, it doesn't really show too much, and I'm not don't really know exactly how representative the sample is. So, like you know, like uh, what kind of people answered basically those questions? Where from? What is their income? Where did they reside? All of this is uh, a big thing in sociology. Mm. If you want, to, if you want to provide accurate results on which you can base uh, whatever it is. That what what I'd be interested with saying is what the what the charts were back in say the late eighties, early nineties when the internet was first becoming a thing. I wonder if the statistics to do you think you'd use the internet? Do you have access to the internet? You know. You know, if those questions were related to the internet, I wonder if the statistics of what we see here with cryptocurrency is very similar to what it was back then. Because obviously now if you did a, uh, a analysis on what countries use the internet and who has access to the internet, you'd have probably nearly 100% of most countries. So I wonder, like we see now, like you said, you know, Australia's not that ambitious. Give it another 10 years time and I'd like to compare what it is then to what it is now. And see yeah, if it's the was- same. That would be a lot of fun to see. Maybe there was uh, some kind of a survey carried out back in the days, but mm. I, I don't know. You need it's like it might be in some kind of archive. I think part of the problem is all the survey stuff started after about the year two thousand, when everyone had to do a survey on everything. So there's not mm. so much for the old stuff anymore. No, and back then they probably would have done the surveys through uh through the old mail, which probably would have been long yeah. gone by now. But uh, talking about exactly. long guns, uh, long guns, the hack that happened with BitThumb, they've recovered about 50%. The article done again by Ulysha, and I believe Jeremy's going to cover this one to give everyone a bit of bit of happy news. Uh, we're trying to get through the news yep. pretty quickly, guys, because we've got a very interesting interview coming up. So, Jeremy, take it away. And, like, yeah, like you said, this is great news. They got about half the money back. Um, it seems like they did some collaboration with a couple other exchanges and well, the thieves thought they were going to just put it on the exchange and sell it. And well, the exchange took it and sent it back to BitThumb. <laughs> and for, if you yourself were partially involved with this, you had some funds that were partially taken or completely taken there on your website or on their website, you can go up there on there and get compensation for your funds and everything now. It seems like um, I don't know how that works because I never had an account on there myself, so I can't say any more really, but at least they've got most of the money back. Yeah, which is absolutely fantastic news, and I guess it brings the old saying that crime doesn't pay back. I mean, if you're... The people who've stole the money, obviously, they're quite intelligent in the degree of being able to hack an account, but they're not too smart into thinking that these, these exchanges wouldn't be talking to each other with... With the amount of money that was stolen from the exchange, that might people were looking for it. It's not something you could just oh, I'm just going to slip into Coin Coinbase or something and try and put the money off because they're going to go well. Where did the money come from? So they're not smart in that regards. But it's absolutely fantastic news to think that the people who have lost their hard earned money have a chance of getting it back, or at least some of it back. I yeah. mean. I'm sure some of them have lost more money on other coins anyway, just holding other coins anyways. Mm. Yeah, I, I just want to add uh, like one thing about Bitthumb. Is that I like how they reacted to the matter and the fact that they value their customers because uh, some other wallets were not that kind to their customers at all. So Bitgrail, I think maybe some people heard about the story. It was also hacked in February, leading to loss of 17 million nano worth $187 million uh, at the time, and the company was hesitating to refund this like altogether. But the mm. Italian court uh, ruled otherwise, and now their assets are freezed. And uh, it's just like, you know, this, this company is actually doing something for that little guy you like to mention, James. Mm. And this, this means a lot at the end of the day. Well, they've got their reputation on the line, don't they? I mean, this exchange isn't something like... Uh what we saw with CoinRail and the other ones that got hacked that were turning over 2 million volume per day. The, the trading volume in BitThumb, it was one of the largest Asian exchanges that had a turnover well over a quarter of a billion dollars a day um, in average turnover, which is quite large for an exchange, uh, an individual exchange. So obviously with that reputation on the line, 
by providing yep. at least 50% recovery to their clients. Um, and we're in the early days now. Think about it. It wasn't that long ago that this got hacked. So to get 50, to get 17 million back of 30 million this quick, this quickly, I've got pretty good high hopes that they're going to get the rest of the money back within before the end of the year. And I think it would be in their best interest to do that or find a way to compensate their clients because of how large they were. If they didn't do this, they're going to lose out on a quarter of a billion dollar worth of business per day because who's going to exchange or trade in an exchange that loses this money and doesn't do anything to recover it? It's not in their best interest. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Like with BitGrill, um, I had an account on BitGrill when that hack happened. I didn't have any of the Nano that was on there. Um, I had already transferred it off and sold it at that point. But I did have like $20 worth of Bitcoin left on there at one point in time, I think it was maybe. And I couldn't even get it off after that hack happened. They wouldn't let me withdraw anything from there. Mm. So rip rip my $20 worth of Bitcoin there. <laughs> Can't, uh, can't buy something from McDonald's then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a shame, but unfortunately, until uh, until certain protocols come in place and securities get set in motion, hacks are unfortunately at another point in life. You know, just like someone can break into your house tomorrow and steal your physical assets, there's always going to be people trying to do the wrong thing. But at least in some positive news, the you know half of the half of them over half of the money that was stolen is now back in the exchange and back in, in its rightful owner's hands. So that's a bit of good news. But let's uh, let's jump over to the interview. The news is done for today. Everyone's looking forward to the interview with Zeeks. We've got two guests, Guy and Apan. So without further ado, let's get stuck into it. G'day, Guy and Apan. Welcome to the show, mates. Hey, what's up? Not Hi, how's it doing? Oh, what's up? Well, bloody moon at the moment because it's night time over here, but I feel like it's daytime for you guys over there. I'd like to uh, introduce is. you to the lovely Leisha. Hello, guys. Hi there. And I need to find a nickname for our new co-host, Jeremy. Jeremy? Hey, everybody. How are you doing this morning, evening, afternoon, wherever it may be where you are? <laughs> afternoon, we're doing great. How are you? Right, so uh, you guys are the CEOs of Zeeks. I hope I pronounced that right. I probably completely stuffed it, but <laughs> how did we're going to start the uh, start the interview with something a bit lighthearted that we always like to get stuck into? How did you get into crypto? What's what's your story? Uh, well, I um, started mining on my laptop in 2014 and lost the laptop with everything in it in 2016. Oh, the and usual then, story. Here, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and then the, Very encouraging the, beginning, uh, I must say. <laughs> you know, just I lose laptops all the time. I don't understand it. So I, I have a different story. I don't have the mining story. Just what my partner, my partner in crime, partner for, in Zeke's, uh, Zee told me about a couple of years ago that we got to dive into the into blockchain and into crypto. And uh, when he says something like that, I always know that there's probably something in it and since that time i started uh um you know moving my money a little bit uh and understanding more about technology and what can be done with it and starting to follow uh, what kind of problems can be solved uh that's my thing solving problems the wolf that is indeed fantastic but Probably we should ask you to tell more about the product itself. So it's ZX, and all I know is that it's online shopping, which is a very interesting concept for me in particular. Uh, so tell us what it's all about. So basically, it's much more than online shopping. Uh, the protocol and technology that we're providing uh, creates the first liquidity network between crypto and products and services. So we are actually enabling shopping, enabling liquidity, between your crypto to all the top brands around the world, uh, from Amazon, Nike, Adidas, and uh, you just name it, without the need of going through fiat money, monetary money, without the need of going through the highly regulated cost of exchange. So Zix basically enables you to start shopping without the need of thinking on, uh, oh my God, how many, uh, how much uh, um, commissions and interest and exchanges do I need to go through and how many hands uh, my money is going to switch before getting to the final merchant. Um, so that's what basically Zix is doing. It enables nowadays 
um, to shop with your crypto in three taps without friction uh, and with full value for your money. We actually have uh, the beta out. So uh, basically the product is working. You can go with your phone, stand in line for Starbucks and get a coffee in three taps using only crypto without fiat conversion, without fees. Um, we did a, a movie about it in the, out, outside of consensus. We just went out with a mobile phone, went to the closest uh, Starbucks and, you know, finished, a, uh, like bought, bought a coffee, a cup of coffee in a, in a, a minute without using fiat. I love it when Apan tells the story like this, but I'll, I'll tell you how the story really goes. Like, first of all, the beta is a closed beta, so if you'd like to see that, you're more than welcome to register. The product is going to be available once the token sale is done. But the real story here, we were in consensus in New York, and we were showing our, uh, like, the, the product, the closed beta to some of our amazing contributors from around the world. And Apan told me, listen, I'm going to take my uh, cell phone. I'm going to try something in, uh, in Starbucks. Tell him, what, what do you mean? We're not production yet. I'm going to give it a shot. And Yaniv went with him, another guy from, from the team, and he just took him in one shot. And Apan just went in and tried it for the first time, and it worked without any planning. And, and they just uploaded the video, and it went viral on the net. So this is really hilarious. You got to see this movie. I think I heard about it, actually. And I'm uh, looking at your site just now, and I can see that you got quite a few companies uh, on board, like big uh, big companies like H&M, Gap, Clarks. How did you manage like to uh, cooperate them? Were, were they like open to cooperation, or how did it go? So basically, the merchants, and that's very important um, uh, to understand right now, the merchants uh, and, the, and the processors from around the world will not go into crypto nowadays. It's going to take them a couple of years before they'll get there. And once we've realized that, we understood that we'll need to bypass that problem in order to enable shopping, um, um, shopping in an easy way and without the need of paying extra fees and exchanges. Um, and once we understood that, and that's where our sister company comes into the game, we've actually took the infrastructure of the gift card industry. So what happens actually behind the scenes is much more complex. We're using the rails of the gift cards in order uh, to enable those brands. Now, gift cards are based on prepaid money. So uh, basically, not all merchants need to accept uh, crypto. They'll accept fiat money like everyone else. But... Uh, the transactions ha happens between crypto and products and services directly. I see. So, yeah. So the deal is actually with gift card suppliers from around the world. And that's why we'll enable shopping in so many countries with so many brands on day one. Otherwise, it's going to take adoption of years before we'll see that happening. And we're not that patient. Hmm? We want to spend our crypto today. Yeah, I totally get you. I think, you we're, think, all in the, I think we're all in the same boat for that one. <laughs> That's what I thought. I got a question for you here, guys. Um, you're saying that there's no fees with this. How are you planning to actually make money off of everything with this then? So the protocol itself is uh, decentralized, 0% fees. The, the money that Zix is making is actually on the financial services it provides the ecosystem. So we are here to incentivize a new microeconomy um and uh, and create a mass consumer uh, um, use case that eventually will create adoption for crypto amongst us souls uh, and and in the future for new users as well uh, we're making money on financial services we provide to the gift card suppliers um, so the conversion uh, will take them hand in hand to to make the conversion we'll take them hand in hand with working capital and make sure uh, we're uh, they're risking their uh, entrance into blockchain and into crypto. And that's something that is engraved on our flag to make sure that people find blockchain technology and crypto much more accessible and with less risk. So, uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, basically, the gift card providers, they are the guys that have the, they do the transaction. Yeah, they put their in inventory on the, the blockchain. So gift card providers, they buy in bulk and they get um, major discounts. So they would buy uh, Starbucks um, gift cards and they would get 20% discount. Now, as part of the smart contract, they cannot put a price that is above the face value. So they can give 10% discount and sell it in 10% discount. Or they can um, take the whole 20 for themselves and put it exactly at, as the face value, as, as much as they choose. But for the user, he will never pay more than the face value. 
So if you pay with dollars 250 for the coffee, you will pay with crypto 250 for the for the same coffee. And for the gift card provider, he has the margin because because he buys in in bulk. That's basically the business model for the gift card provider. Okay. I understand that part of it. Um, I guess I haven't seen the video you were talking about. How does it actually work in the store? You just using the um, tap things that they have there or what? Yeah, basically, um, I, I came with, with the Zix mobile uh, app, and then I choose Starbucks. I click it. I stand in line. The, uh, the, the app shows me a barcode. The cashier swipes my barcode, and I get a receipt. But okay. I pay on the app, I pay with Ether. I don't dollars or anything like that. And the, the cashier just sees the barcode like a normal gift card. And so they just scan it with uh, one of those those barcode scanners in there. Just like that would a loyalty exactly. card. Exactly. That's how perfect. does the how does the app on your phone know what you're buying? If you're at like say you're at Starbucks and you're getting a white chocolate mocha, for example, how does it know that you're getting a white chocolate mocha? Does is that happen when they scan it, or is that something you put in before they scan it? No, you buy, so you basically buy a denomination of let's say fifty dollars if you're in the U.S. Uh, so uh, if it's Starbucks, so Starbucks will know it's a mocha, but uh, the amount is being deducted from your denomination. Then you have $50 minus the $250 you've just spent the next time you're in. So your, your shopping experience is three taps and you're out, but then you're not, you don't need to buy it every morning again. Then you have a 50 bucks denomination, and every morning you simply swipe your phone, and the amount that you've swiped that morning deducts uh, is being deducted from your total amount. So it's essentially a credit. Okay. You're, you're talking about having a crypto credit on a card that will that will go exactly. down every time it gets scanned. So while the, the card has 50 bucks on it and they scan it with that barcode, that will just deduct that amount from the credit that's on the card. It, like on the application, yeah. sorry. Is that basically what you're saying? That's it. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a prepaid credit that you pay for it in crypto. Yeah. Fantastic. No, no. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Forgive me if I misunderstood something or uh, I'm not that technical when it comes to those things, but how do you tackle volatility? So um, basically what happens is when when you shop, the moment you shop, that's the moment that the rate is being set. Um, and and from that moment on, um, Zix is taking... Uh, you know, it, it's precautions to make sure that where the risking at for the supplier and making sure he will get the money before the markets will be that volatile. So you as consumer, you set uh, you set the um, uh, the rate at the moment you buy um, you buy your coffee. So it fixes the rate of what it was the moment that you you bought it or the moment that you put the credit onto the application. So hypothetically. Ethereum sitting at $500, just for the sake of easy math, that's sitting at $500. You want to point, put point 0.1 Ethereum on the card, which is 50, to, on the application, which is 50. If Ethereum then goes to, say, $450, does that mean that the credit on the card, on the application, goes from $50 to $45? Still maintaining no, zero point 0.1, but it's dropped. No, it's, so that's the thing. Uh, that's the beauty in it. Uh, the moment you buy your card, your denomination, that's the moment the rate is being set. Uh, so once, so you can almost look at it as a, as, a, as a stable coin. So you're holding $50 or whatever merchant it is, it will stay $50. This might be a bit of a so cynical So what you're saying quote. is you, buy, you want to buy the gift cards before Bitcoin goes down, essentially. Um, See, that's yeah. what I was just about to get to on a cynical sense. Is this going exactly. to be like people could abuse it like Tether and say, well, I'm going to put my money into this because it will maintain the value. So if the market goes down, I can then cash it out and have more than what I put in. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally positive that people are going to be very creative uh, with what we've created here. But our main goal here is... Um, as I said, to create uh, mass adoption for cryptocurrency and and more real use cases for real world liquidity and enable enable us to start using our money not only for um, you know speculation and ICO hopping and uh, stuff like that. Really, you know, spend p- part of our money on our day to day lives. And if we'll be able to solve that with uh, no liquidity issues and no 
uh, volatility issues and definitely with less friction as possible and create a great user experience, then I think it's definitely a good start to do that, uh, to achieve that goal. But uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, interesting things, I think. Um, we're definitely on the security side. We've made mm -hmm. sure that most of the fraud issues and security issues on, uh, since we're a fintech company, to make sure that the supplier feels totally safe from a transaction point of view. Hmm. But I still, like, I'm still thinking out loud because, like, who's going to, okay, let's say, like, let's go back to this example. You buy something, uh, like, you, you buy whatever crypto for $50, then, okay, it's fixed at that price. And then uh, you want to buy something in the store, but the next day this crypto costs $40. And, the, and again, you, like, the seller takes this money and, but who's, who's in the end going to cover up the gap? The, the moment uh, the moment you bought the, the the prepaid credit, what you have in your hand basically is a prepaid credit from the store owner. So there is no gap. The moment uh -huh. the, the moment you did the buy, that's the moment when the the dollar value will be transferred to the uh, to the gift card provider. But in terms of your uh, wallet of uh, gift card, the fifty bucks is fifty bucks. Now you own a fifty bucks credit of if uh, crypto go 50% up or 50% down, it doesn't matter because what you have in your hand is a serial number that represents $50 at Amazon. All right. All even, right. If, uh, even if there is no more crypto in the world, even if there is no more financial world in the world, Amazon legally has to respect it because it's prepaid. It's something that they already got paid for. All right. The, yeah, it kind of uh, clarifies because I was a little, a little bit uh, confused at that, mm -hmm. at that point. So I have to ask you another question uh, because, like, we've been uh, talking about other cryptocurrencies and stuff. But you have your own token, am I right? That's correct. And what is the purpose of it? Like, why do you exactly tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So the Zix token is basically um, uh, um, a utility token, and I think the uh, the two main functions uh, that it represents it represents the um, the essence of entering such a, a premium shopping environment and get those um, get those accessibility to brands and to the best prices available on the market. So making sure you pay no extra money on your Ether slash dollar or even get some discounts on that on the one hand and making sure that the suppliers from around the world can um, um, assure you that you will receive um, those brands that you want up front, even every month ahead. Uh, so that's the basic idea. Other than that, we're covering also other uh, other security issues with the token, making sure there's no double spend and making sure there's no se other security issues. Um, in the future, we'll see more utilities added to this uh, coin, like how to evolve the economy around the world surrounding that prepaid and gift card industry of Zeke. So making sure, for example, if you're, in Moscow right now or in uh, Sydney right now and you feel that you haven't got enough Zeeks brands around there and you're a big hodler of the Zeeks token, you'll be able to impact the way this economy grows. Mm. But I think the two main functions are the entrance to this club, premium club on the one hand, and making sure you always have the first priority to receive um, uh, the stocks or actually the products and services you wish to receive. Um, it also... Um Besides other utilities, it also acts as a pledge. So if you are, uh, you know, if, I, if for example, in the video that I'm standing in line to buy coffee with Ether, if I had to use the the Ether network usually, or if I would use Bitcoin, I can wait for a while until the transaction is approved. And this is something that will hurt the shopping experience. So basically, Zix can act as a pledge, make the transaction immediate, get locked, and then releases back to your wallet once the transaction is cleared. So you'll be able to have a normal shopping transaction without having to wait for the time, uh, for the confirmation time. But other other utilities are coming in as we're building the product. Like, uh, can you give us maybe a little... Yeah, could you elaborate a little, <laughs> little bit more and yeah. get away from the secret squirrel? <laughs> well, well, as as we talked about, the pledge and the and the priority are the, and, and the entrance are basically the main uh, the main utilities. So for, let's say um, uh, a 15% uh, uh, gift card of, um, of uh, Starbucks would be a very scarce item. 
Mm. And then if you have if you have six tokens, you will get the priority to use it for to use it first, basically. Right. Okay. So similar to um, like similar to say Binance Coin uh, for the Binance Exchange, if you buy Binance, Binance Coin, yeah. you get a, a better discount or a better price with using their coin. You would essentially use the yeah. same with yours. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. Yeah. In a way, yeah, definitely. In a way, and and uh, another analogy would be like uh, you know, it, it'll be your token that lets you lets you go inside to your favorite gym or or you know on on a monthly manner. So people people would like uh, to have to hold this token um, in order to make sure that they will receive uh, those scarce items from around the world uh, prioritized. Uh, up front or on or at the moment live without any latency so that we is know, a- we know from our sister company that uh, specific uh, 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 gift cards or specific prepaid credit in specific stores at specific times of the year they're very scarce like a a, a stock worth of million dollars can go in a few hours and mm-hmm. here we really want to give priority to people who own Zix. Besides, the pledge that I just talked about is also a, it's also solving a real problem. Like you, it, it doesn't make sense for you to buy coffee with Bitcoin and have to go outside of the line and stay, you know, stand there for half an hour until the transaction is confirmed. Mm. Without the Zix token act, acting as a pledge, the 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 buying experience will not be immediate, and that doesn't make sense in, in the shopping experience. Mm. Yeah. I definitely like One. the thought process between behind this and the fact that you guys are just trying to skip the delays with the current blockchain situation instead of trying to push to get the micropayment solution working when, I mean, mass adoption isn't quite ready yet. I mean, this is a really good way to put it forward, I think, here. What other um, projects or tokens are out there that are doing something similar to this? So... Um... We don't see a lot of products that are fully decentralized. Uh, actually, fully de- decentralized projects like Zix do not exist. That's that's for a fact. Uh, there are a couple that are centralized, and therefore you see uh, fees that are being collected, um, and then the whole transaction doesn't take per- part on the blockchain. What you see with Zix is um, it's one of the first protocols that knows how to take an off-chain asset and create a blockchain asset out of it. So, and this is something we all like to do as crypto holders. We we love our anonymity and we love when things are happening on the blockchain without the need of going through external um, uh, systems. So, so that's why this makes it so different than others. As for the micropayments and for payment solutions out there nowadays, I think uh, you were point on with your remark. Uh, that was one of the reasons that we've decided to create Zix. Since all those promises from around the world about payment methods um, are so premature right now and they're so dependent on regulation or actually on the lack of regulation right now, that's why we had a feeling that we've needed to solve this instantly. Um, and bypassing this problem with the use of Zix, with the use of the gift card infrastructure, was almost decontextualizing the normal usage of gift cards as we know it in the fiat world, suddenly in the crypto world. Um, and that's only the first part within a, a three um, a three part plan that Zix has um, put in front of it for the future. I think the other two are super interesting as well from a strategic point of view. Also, I want to just say one more word about the centralized decentralized. Uh, so you can see projects like Tenix that were like a big promise, and then when the middleman woke up, even if it wasn't Tenix, the middleman was uh, Visa at that re- at that case or any other um, Mastercard or whatever. The minute they woke up the, and said no more, we don't want to do it, the project failed and and the card didn't work anymore. Mm. And that's something that is very important in a decentralized project because nobody can stop this. Uh, if Amazon cannot say we do not accept our credit, our uh, gift cards anymore, it's just something that cannot happen because it's prepaid. And since uh, after Zeek, our sister company, we got more companies in, it became decentralized. Now there are other gift card providers. It's not just somebody that is affiliated with us. Uh, we have other gift card providers from around the world, and they're putting them, their inventory in. Fantastic. Well, it, it's it's good to hear that you're definitely solving a problem that is out there at the moment, like you said. And if companies like Amazon can't get in the way, because I suppose, like you said, with the, the other companies like 10X and 
no, no, none of us want to bag anybody out. Um, but obviously, if those projects were relying on, say, Visa and Visa pulls out, it is going to be hurtful to them because they what they're dependent on isn't dependent on them. So I think you've done the right thing by being independent in that in that respect, and that's going to be a powerhouse. So, so tell me about the pre-ICO sale that you were mentioning a bit earlier. Um, what, what we see is, uh, I mean, we've been uh, on the road for a while and we're trying to change a bit the rules that we see in ICO. So we're providing our um, product on the day after the token sale. And by doing that, our community work and connection to, uh, to the funds and, 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 uh, and players from around the world went very fast. So... Um, we decided to stop for a second and provide our community a chance to participate already now uh, without taking a risk that will reach the finish line without giving them too much, um, let's say, um, um, allocation to enjoy uh, to enjoy the Zix token. The community has an essential part uh, in the Zix project. So that's why we decided to take a stop for 24 hours and provide a chance for all our uh, amazing early birds from around the world to be part um of zeke so um yeah that's that's gonna happen on july 5th okay july so that's 5th. good how can we and now a quick word about our amazing sponsor cold storage coins you can now store your cryptocurrencies on actual cold coins made of fine copper silver or gold each coin features a unique wallet ID and laser-etched private key, which is concealed beneath a tamper-evident holographic film. You simply scan the QR code on the back in order to transfer your funds to the coin. There's no hardware associated with these wallets, and they are hack and fireproof. This is a very fun, safe, and inexpensive way to store cryptocurrencies. Please visit coldstoragecoins.com for more and use our code BUZZ10, all capital letters, for a 10% discount. Now back to the podcast. How can we connect with you guys? How can we connect with you guys? Well, basically, you can, um, you know, the, the, all the usual channels. Our Telegram group is probably the best way to get in touch directly, even with the both of us. You know, if somebody needs our attention, we, the moderators call us, and, they, and we also participate in the Telegram group. Other than that, you know, the mailing list, the website, zeex.me, z-e-e-x.me. Mm-hmm. And um, every other social channel, basically, we're always uh, with our ears open, and you know. And we'll uh, get the we'll get the links from you guys uh, later on after the podcast, and we'll we'll put them onto the description when we upload this. So obviously, Telegram's a good place to get in contact with you. And in regards to the pre ICO, that's obviously going to be found on your website. So you said it was uh, July fifth, was it? Make sure I've got that correct. Yeah, July fifth, ten a.m. GMT. It starts for 24 hours. 24 hours. What's your What's your expected um, outcome from this? Do you think it will go quite quickly, or do you think it will take a few hours to completely sell sell everything? Well, I was about to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, uh, because it's the first sale that we're doing, and uh, we don't really know, you know, how uh, things will turn out. Uh, but basically, Sunday, Guy and me, that's uh, the first working day for us. Yes, Sunday, when you will rest, Guy and me will be in the first working day of the week. Mm-hmm. And we have in the morning a meeting trying to assess the situation and understand um, how we're going to close it, which cap we're going to give for the sale itself, and you know, regarding other requests from contributors and putting all the variables in, uh, in the system. Sunday, we're going to announce the community about the cap for this pre-sale. So anyways, that's going to happen there. Just to um, um, accentuate the magnitude of Zeeks on the day post-token sale. Um, okay. So we've got about already more than 500 top brands from around the world in multiple geographies. So if you think that the Zeeks solution is going to be that local, you're totally wrong. Uh, we will be available. Um, uh, we will be available in Europe, in Russia, in the Middle East, in the U.S., uh, I just came back from Japan, and and the enthusiasm about Zix in Japan is amazing. So definitely, Japan is on the um, on the map. Hong Kong, India. Um, so we have a lot of suppliers um, that are tapping to the protocol, into the protocol, which makes it even more amazing because they have suddenly um, um, support for crypto and support in the blockchain. 
uh, technology, and this is uh, this is exactly what we wanted to achieve. Um, as for the the sale, I don't know what I don't know. You know, the the, mar- the bear markets doesn't make it. I'm not a big of a speculator, a speculator, and I don't want to stop right now. Um, mm. Our community is very enthusiastic about the solution, and and we're with them for long month already and they're they can't wait to get it so I'm, I'm being optimistic and i know they'll they'll be definitely a big part of it and and i hope the bigger the better uh you know we're in the middle of the process here um i don't know if we'll be able to take uh, uh, that many but and therefore we've opened it only for 24 hours um so you know i wish them all to to have mm. it and start shopping yeah. the day this token is up yeah um obviously think that you guys might might absolutely kill it on the day i'd like to stay positive the same as you would and you know this this bear market you said you don't like to be speculative but i try and look at this this bear market in a positive sense and think it's just weeded out all of the weak blood all the people that came in with their ten dollar investments that wanted a five hundred thousand dollar lamborghini within five minutes of putting their first ten dollar investment down all those people are buggered off now so I think that when you look at the market cap and you go, shit, we've dropped significantly since December, like we keep saying, if you go back to just before the run-up, when you're looking around the end of October, start of uh, mid-November, that's just before it ran up, we're just around that, you know, that kind of market cap we were then. So I think that the people that are going to be buying into your project now or that are around now, these they're, they're not your weekend warriors. So these are the people who have done their research, they've looked into it, they believe in the project, and those are the people you want. You don't want the weekend warriors that are going to jump in, cash in, cash out as quick as they can because that's not going to help anybody. Yeah, I, I totally connect to your, uh, uh, to your opinion. Other than that, I would say, you know, when you, when you look at the Zeke team and the technology behind the scenes and the uh, extensive experience we've had together also with our sister company and the fact that we're delivering a product on day one, you know, not a six month from now or one year from now, mm. hopefully the people see the value in it instantly um, and, and decide to, uh, to take part in this, uh, in this, uh, in this great project. Fantastic. I actually have a question for you. Uh, you mentioned like all these markets around the world, including Russia and China. How do you tackle the restrictions, especially like in China? Because I, from what I know, ICOs are banned. There is like, it's, are you affected by that? Or maybe I get something wrong here. And also like uh, speaking of Russia, yeah, I know that uh, Telegram ban can be circumvented, but still like, is it posing... Any problems to you obstructing your business? So, so let, let me let me just uh, correct a couple of things. First of all, I was speaking about that the product will be available uh, post token sale. Uh, we're very strict, and uh, our legal team helps us to make sure that we are doing everything uh, by the book. Um, uh, Chinese citizens, American citizens, and other banned countries uh, from token sales will not be able to take part in this token sale. Uh, but afterwards, if the product is available and people can start shopping, that is something else. Uh, okay. Using a product is, is something else. Uh, China, I've mentioned Hong Kong and uh, not China, uh, even yeah, though it's... Yeah, so that's also a, a minor uh, a twist in, in, in where we're able to find those gift card suppliers. But I'm definitely positive that along the time we'll have uh, gift card suppliers from the mainland that will join this protocol as well. Again, the Chinese government... Um, uh, welcome blockchain technology, and we believe that we are adding something very uh, um, valuable from a fintech perspective um, to the gift card industry and the prepaid industry. Okay, that's fair enough. And I also wanted to ask you about Facebook, since it has uh, reversed its uh, ad ban decision. Are you gonna? Uh, are you planning to post anything there? Well, I just wanted to tell you. First of all, we we were uh, we were on Facebook. Somehow, Facebook had mercy on us. I hope I don't jinx it, but somehow, Facebook had mercy on us. Even though with the ban and everything, we were there all the time. And right now, where the there's this uh, um, ban removal thing, of course, obviously we uh, we put our name there, and we're expecting to get their answers because we're um, super legit and we have big names behind us, and we have a working company next to us, and all of that. It's uh, very clear that we're on the you know small percentage of ICOs that will have it easier 
to get in again. But as I said, even when the, the ban was out, we were there. I don't know how, but we, we were there and I didn't ask questions, obviously, because uh, <laughs> we were not there. It's like, uh, it's not very wise to ask questions if you know that you should be banned. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, not, not really that wise, Just I would say. <laughs> keep quiet and hope that they don't see you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the T-Rex, if we don't move, they won't see us. so anything you'd like to add guys anything we missed or maybe you want to share with us with our listeners we'd love to hear so 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 you know about you know about the team you know about the project you know we have a flash sale pre-sale for our community on july 5th opening for 24 hours and i would only insinuate that you better go whitelist yourself and don't wait for the last moment um, other than that, you know, I'm totally excited by the markets that we are going to open and uh, the amount of brands and, um, and communities, international communities that are joining uh, uh, this amazing uh, uh, revolution. Um, and just telling you and the people that are listening to us that come and be part of this revolution and make sure that we are able to use our crypto fund uh, today and all in two years time. Well said. Well, guys said it all. Just, uh, you know, I hope you guys all uh, can start using the product and shop with crypto. And, um, yeah, well, guys said it all. Well, and we... I also, um, Sorry, Alicia. On a final note, I just wanted to ask, like, you have quite, I saw on your site, because I checked it out, um, that you have quite an international team, actually. I can see uh, um, Lithuanian, probably, name, Arturas Asakavich. Yeah. Yes, um, he's probably from and, and uh, lots of uh, people from I don't know China or Asia in general. Yeah. So it's quite, yeah, it's quite a multinational. But do you have an Australian? <laughs> um, we, have, we have amazing Australian friends from around the world that are working with us. Uh, there are about the same amount of names and faces that are not on the site right now, but a lot of people are working on this project. And it's not only beautiful faces, it's making sure all those people help us to overcome the challenges that we're facing. We are an amazing industry, but uh, we are challenged on a daily basis from so full, from so many aspects. Um, and, and we need uh, their assistance. You know, there are uh, financiers and people uh, from the traditional economy uh, and uh, digital currencies, and they help us to bridge those worlds uh and being uh very creative in the solutions that will bring out there eventually to serve us all uh from a consumer point of view but um we've been building marketplaces for years now uh all those people from around the from around the world and in order to make that happen we need to make sure we don't only have the demand but to make sure we have the supply um so again um those people are working with us around the clock and from all over the world to make sure that this is uh, uh, that this is the right solution for the people right now. So I'm, I'm, I would love I would love to thank them uh, here online and tell them how, how much we, we we appreciate their help. That's lovely. That is very Thanks. nice. And we would like to thank you for being on our podcast today. It's been quite interesting having you here. You're both men of many knowledge, and. Uh, <laughs> It was it was enjoyable having you here. Don't worry, I stuffed up once, and I've just decided to own it. So you're both men of many knowledge. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. And sorry if it's the middle of the night for you. Um, I promise next time it'll be our middle of the night, and we'll, we'll catch up again. And <laughs> your middle hour. of the night's going to be first thing in the morning for me. So I'm screwed either way. I've just learned to live to, to, to live with it. I can't win either way. <laughs> I must Later say, if me. you call me in the middle of the night, I will not pick up. Our next visit to Australia, and it's got to be soon, we'll do that on the other time zone. We'll catch up for a beer. How's that? That sounds perfect. That's no perfect. Fosters. As as if you either. say Fosters, I'll put you on the plane back. <laughs> All right, guys, it's been great having you on. Thanks for thanks That's for being here tonight. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you very much. Best of luck. Cheers. Yeah, good luck, guys. Wow. Have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. 
Well, guys, that was an absolutely fantastic interview. I think that they're, uh, they've got a lot to say. The project's definitely got legs and I'd like to see it grow. What do you guys think? I think that the, like the interview itself was very interesting. They explained the concept thoroughly, and I think that their product will eventually develop and just acquire a bigger audience. So I wish them best of luck during their ICO, which is upcoming. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they've got a lot of potential with this. And like you said, they, they've got, it's got legs. I feel like with the way they're doing this, they're even doing a crawl, walk, run, which is going to be very good because so many projects are just trying to do too much at one time. Mm. And these guys know that doing this is a little step at the right direction at the right time. And the way that they're looking at starting this off is probably the best way to look at starting this off at this point in time in mass adoption because we're definitely not ready for crypto in the store yet mm. but hopefully yeah. we will soon and we wish them uh, the very best and hopefully we'll hear good, good things come from them in the future but uh i'd like to thank everyone for tuning into the podcast today just remember you can uh the podcast gets uploaded every monday and friday on itunes spotify youtube as well as our website we'd like to hear what you think of our show so please leave a comment and give us a review on itunes for more information about the news we've just discussed remember to head over to our website at altcoinbuzz.io where we publish all the latest news to keep you in the loop especially if uh, the lovely leash is putting out most of the articles there come on Garrett and luke you gotta pick yeah. up your game boys yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's, it's my site now. I'm like, I'm <laughs> my articles. Doing the articles and the podcast. <laughs> so again, from the Alt Queen Buzz podcast team, I just want to say thank you for tuning in and we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> The information discussed on the Altcoin Buzz YouTube, Altcoin Buzz Ladies YouTube, Altcoin Buzz Podcast, or other social media channels, including but not limited to Twitter, Telegram chats, Instagram, Facebook, website, etc., is not financial advice. This information is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Any information and advice or investment strategies are thoughts and opinions only relevant to accepted levels of risk tolerance of the writer, reviewer, or narrator, and their risk tolerance may be different than yours. We are not responsible for your losses. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are high-risk investments, so please do your due diligence and consult a financial advisor before acting on any information provided. Copyright Altcoin Buzz, PTE Limited, all rights reserved.